The question I want to ask us this morning is, what is your 2023 one thing? We've been talking a lot in 2022 about stepping up, about um, moving forward, about doing uh, what we feel God is calling us to do. And I want us to just, we could have enormous amounts of things that we would want to do. You could write a huge list of who you should be, what you should be doing, where you should be. But I think that in life, sometimes we need to simplify. And I think sometimes the walk of faith, the walk of walking with Jesus, is actually God is sometimes asking us to simplify our lives in order to be able to hear what the thing is that he is wanting us to do. Amen? Who, who, who likes the idea of a slightly more simple life? I like the idea of a slightly more simple life. Our lives are so complicated. We're so bombarded um, with information. We're so bombarded with images. We're so bombarded with adverts and, and things telling us you need this and you need that. And the reality is what we really need is to hear the voice of God and to put into practice what he is telling us to do. All the gadgets, all the things, all the stuff of life could fall away and we would still have that one thing which we really need, which is our God and the relationship that we have with him. Amen? So I'd like us to think um, this, th- today, this morning, about what one thing you are going to set your heart, mind, and will upon in the year that lies ahead. This is not about making a New Year's resolution. It's about setting the direction of your heart in a particular uh, in a, to a particular, particular angle. When we talked about the compass, it's about having the compass set in the right direction. It's an opportunity to seek the Lord for a realignment and to set one main priority for the year that lies ahead. And I think that Scripture can help us to understand what our priorities should be. I think it's very clear in the instructions of Jesus, some of the things that he tells us he wants us to, to do and who he wants us to be. But I love the uh, direction of the heart that we find from King David in Psalm 27. And we're going to read the whole psalm. It's a relatively short psalm. We're going to read it together. Okay, so the words are going to be up on the screen. If you can see them clearly enough, let's read these words together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call. Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. 
Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Last um, slide. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Thank you, God, for your word. Lord, thank you for how it enlightens our path, how it instructs us. I pray that we would take it seriously today, that we would know what you want to say to us as individuals through these words of Scripture, and we would be able to apply them in our lives. Amen. We have heard testimonies essentially in our prayers this morning about the Lord being our light and our salvation. The first thing that we can learn from the psalmist here is that we need light. We need light. We are walking around in a world, and we've talked about this over the Christmas period and some of the passages of Scripture that we've read, some of the things that we've talked about uh, highlight this and talk about this, how a light shines in the darkness. We need to have our paths enlightened. And if we are walking without inquiring of God, if we are walking without being instructed by him, then we are walking in darkness and we're walking with our eyes covered up. We need him to lead us and we need him to guide us. And the psalmist knew that the light of the Lord was what he needed. He also knew that he needed the salvation of God. This can mean lots of different things to us. We have the sense of, of, of salvation in terms of coming to know the salvation of Jesus in our lives for the first time. And that may be something that you have done. That may be something that you have understood and received for yourself. It may be something that you haven't yet known. But we can walk in that salvation if we know that we have been rescued from our sins and we've been rescued into eternal life and into the kingdom uh, by Jesus Christ. Uh, but also in this context and for the psalmist here, he knew that he needed the Lord to save him from his enemies. He needed the Lord to save him from the challenges. Now, our enemies are very different to the enemies that King David was facing. King David was facing uh, essentially military foes. Uh, we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but is against the spirit, spirits and principalities of this dark world. Yes? But our enemies are just as real. We don't see them. We don't touch them physically in the same way. But our enemies are just as real. And we need the salvation of the Lord. And we need to walk in his salvation. Amen? And also, uh, as the psalmist uh, helps us to understand here, he says, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Whatever your fears are, whoever your fears are based around, know that the Lord is the stronghold of your life today. The reality is when we find ourselves in the day of trouble, and the psalmist talks about the days of trouble, sometimes we are so tempted, aren't we, to run to other places. I know there's been seasons in my life where I have run to the wrong place. I've run actually to places which are even darker than the light that I need. 
in order to deal with my emotions or to deal with the situation or to deal with what's going on. We need to run into the light. We need to run into the arms of God. We need to take uh, the, the opportunity to find him in the day of trouble. The days of trouble, we're not promised a life without trouble. But we are promised that God will be with us in our day of trouble. And that we can run to him. And that we can find light. And that we can find salvation. The psalmist knew and lived in the reality of literal battle and literal danger. There was no denying for him of the challenges that he faced. No art. Battles may look very different. Our confidence has to be exactly the same as the psalmist. Run into the arms of God. But what King David did know was what his one thing was. His one thing, the one thing that he wanted to do, the one thing that was his priority, the one thing he asked of God was that he would dwell with God and see his beauty I wonder what one thing you would ask of God if you stood before him today. It might be something very practical. It might be something very physical. It might be something emotional. It might be something relational. It might be something financial. What one thing would you ask of the Lord today? King David was not making a practical suggestion. It wouldn't have been practical for him to just stay in the, the dwelling place, the tent, the tent of meeting. It would not have been a practical way for him to live 24-7, to be there 100% of the time. But it was a setting of his heart. Do you understand what I mean by that? He was, I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It was a, it was a, it was a setting of direction. I, my heart's desire is to be with God, to know God, to walk with God, to dwell with God, to see him in the sanctuary. And for the people of Israel at the time, that place of the tent of meeting, the place, the holy place where God's glory dwelt was what represented that presence of God. And so he, he was not suggesting that he would 24-7 be there. But he was saying, my heart's desire is to know the presence of God in that way. It's a statement and a priority, a setting of the compass of his heart. He knew he couldn't literally be in the holy place all the time. But God's home was where his heart was. Where God dwelt is where he wanted to be. And you know that... We are in a new covenant and in a new uh, understanding of what the temple is. The, the, that physical tent of meeting, that physical temple no longer stands. And by the Holy Spirit, you and I have been made the dwelling place of God. We are the living temple. We are the dwelling place of him. And so we can have our our the presence of God right here, right now, wherever we are tomorrow, wherever we're at work, wherever we are at home, we can have the presence of God. It's beautiful, isn't it? So as the psalmist's desire was that he would dwell in the house of God and see the beauty of the Lord, well, you and I can do that wherever we are. And we can know that we are his people. 
The psalmist said to God, hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. At the beginning of this new year, let's take some time now to contemplate what one thing we have been focused on. Because there is usually a main thing that is going on in our dominating our minds, one thing which is dominating our thoughts and our actions. Just for a second, close your eyes, if, if you don't mind with me. Reflect on where you've been 2022 or the last few weeks or days or whatever it is and just, just have a little moment to reflect what has, what has been dominating your thoughts. What has been dominating your life? And it might be that it's something really healthy. It might be that it's something really holy. But it also might be that it's something that we need to realign ourselves away from. So that our one thing can be what God is asking. So just as you consider that which has been your one thing, now ask the Lord for yourself. I'm not here to give you your one thing today. That's, not a, that's never a pastor or a Christian leader's role. It's to help you. As, as was prayed this morning, God is a personal God. He wants to meet with you personally. He wants to speak to you personally. He wants to give you personal instruction. Just with your eyes closed for another few moments. God, what do you want my one thing to be? This is a prime time at New Year to think about fresh focus. What will your one thing be? And what are you willing to do for that one thing? I don't know if you've seen in the news, you can open your eyes now, this stuff. Anybody seen this stuff in the news? Yeah. Absolutely crazy, right? This, if you're not aware of it, is a drink. It has been uh, created by a couple of famous YouTubers, and apparently it's just a bit like LucasAid, okay? So nothing particularly special, but... If you are on social media or if you followed the news over the last few days, you may have seen that people have been literally fighting in shops because a shop has suddenly got a stock of this drink. It's absolute. There's so much. I've seen, I've seen um, videos of uh, older men ripping it out of the hands of children so that they can go and take it to the tills. Isn't it absolutely amazing what we will do for something when we think it's something that we really need? Who really needs this? Seriously, serious question. Nobody really needs this. It is not that important that we should go 
crazy for it. But due to two YouTubers, the prime energy drink has caused in-store carnage and senseless extortion. People have been selling these things for like 15 pounds a bottle. Crazy. And people are buying it because they're just desperate to get a taste of what these YouTubers have created. How much more should we be desperate to get a taste of what the Lord is doing? How much more desperate should we be to do the right things, to seek him? These people are willing to spend whatever it takes and to fight their way to the shop and get to... I, I, I saw people saying, I've never seen Aldi, because Aldi, other shops are available, but Aldi got some stock of this during the week, and they're like, I've never seen queues outside Aldi at 8 a.m. in the morning before in my, in my town. Goodness me. What would we do for a bottle of energy drink? What would people do for that? And yet we know that it's, we need to taste and see that the Lord is good. And we need to seek him. We need to long for him and to run after him. But the, rea- the, the, the point I'm making is that when we set our will on something, we will do almost anything to get it. These people were going to do whatever it took to get hold of a bottle of this stuff. What are we willing to do to get hold of what God has for us? What are we willing to do? Will we rise to the challenge? Well, I want to encourage you to just do one thing today. Just do one thing. Just whatever it is that you feel God is calling you and leading you to do, just do one thing to move in that direction. Here's a typical statement from this time of year. This year I'm going to go to the gym every day. Anybody ever tried this? It doesn't work, does it? <laughs> it doesn't work. Here's, here's how it goes. Well, okay, you purchase your gym membership. You go to the gym twice and you decide you hate it. You feel bad and you feel guilty. You feel even worse than you did before you ever went to the gym in the first place. And that leads to you deciding, well, I'm never going to exercise again because it just makes me feel worse. Right? That's a kind of typical cycle of what might happen this time of the year. And when we think about this one thing, we think about what God might want us to do, it can be intimidating if we look at the end goal. But if we just start by doing one thing, then we take a step in the right direction and we move towards that. Um, I, was, I haven't read this book, but it was recommended to me by my brother-in-law who um, quoted it a, f- a little while ago. And he was explaining um, how Stephen Guise, and uh, it's called Mini Habits, and it's talking about small habits making big results. You remember recently I'm, I quoted uh, former General Superintendent of Elim, uh, John Glass, who I'd heard say, the hinges of history, sorry, the doors of history turn on small hinges. And it can be really small things that make a really big difference. The premise of this book and the example that I was given by uh, Sam was this. Um, If you start with aiming to do 100 push-ups a day, you will probably end up never doing one. But if you start with one press-up a day, you might end up being able to do 100. And it sounds absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? Do I have anybody in the room that would like to show me how many press-ups they can do? Anybody? Who's going to be? Oh, okay. (laughs) Right, let's go, Peter. Here we go. Right, are you ready? We're going to count how many press-ups. Kids, you ready to count with me, children? You ready to count the press-ups with me? Now, we need good form, okay? So we need to straight back. We need to 
We need to, that's it. You ready to go? Whoa. Yeah, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Come on. Twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Go on. Twenty-nine. Can we, can we go three? Thirty. Yeah. Well done. Bravo. <laughs> Brilliant. Good work. Does anybody want to uh, advance on 30? No? Okay. Oh, we got, we got one. Okay, come on then. <laughs> Let's see. What... Let's go. Here we go. World record for Elim Aberystwyth. Off we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. We could be here a while. 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47. 48, 49, 50. We'll allow it. We're well done. <laughs> Woo. Fair play. It's good. It's a good effort. Does anybody want to advance on 50? No, let's, no, 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 no. We'll be here for a long time. Would you like to see how many I can do? Tough. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Not today. It's not happening. Um, some of us are, are sweating just looking at that, aren't we? We're looking at those press-ups and we're thinking, there is no way I am going to be able to achieve that. Well done. Can we just have a round of applause for both our participants? Can anybody, any children tell me who this is on the screen? Do we know this guy? Can we name the movie, anyone? Madagascar. King Julian, well done. Who can sing for me the King Julian classic track? Anybody? No? I like to... Okay, I like to... Move it, move it, other words. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to... Okay, great. Well, there is also a line in this song which came to my mind when I was preparing this word. And he says, physically fit, physically fit, physically, physically, physically fit. My children are so embarrassed right now. Isn't it wonderful to see? But actually, we hear a lot about being physically fit in society. We hear a lot about it in the media. We see adverts for gyms and we're talking about physically fit a lot. But it's so important, church... I'm, I'm using a bit of fun to make a serious point that we get ourselves spiritually fit. Spiritually fit. Spiritually, spiritually, spiritually fit. Yeah, okay, not funny. Move on. 
it's so important that we start somewhere. But as we watch these guys do their multi-numbered press-ups, we could be tempted to say, I am never going to be able to achieve that, and so I'm, never, I'm not even going to start. And the same could be true spiritually. We could look at people that we have maybe put on a pedestal or we, we think are super amazing spiritual people, and we look at them and think, well, I'm never going to be able to get anything close. Church, we just need to start with one thing. It sounds stupid to do one press-up, but the point about doing one press-up, and even if you do one press-up every day for for a year, it is about you have you have built yourself a habit, and you have built a habit of doing one press-up. And it might be that once you've done that one press-up, actually after a few days you think, well, I can do I can do five of these things. And it might be that then in six months you think, well, actually I can do twenty of these things, thirty, forty, and maybe you could end up doing 100 press-ups. Am I making some sense this morning? So spiritually, we need to, if we want to be spiritually fit, we need to give ourselves realistic opportunities to grow, progress, and form good habits. Big and ambitious goals can be good, but we have got to start somewhere. This morning, the, uh, the one email that I woke up to on New Year's Day was actually from the Bible app. And let me just, uh, I think it's helpful to, to tell you what it said because it was uh, speaking, it was helping uh, along these lines. Sorry, just trying to get it open. Setting goals can feel like an overwhelming to-do list. But your relationship with God isn't just another box to check off. It's a place to renew your mind, refresh your soul and rediscover God's purpose for you. Here are some ways you can connect with God every day. And I actually went through myself this morning some of the ways that this, uh, that the, the YouVersion Bible app can help us to just have a daily routine. And I've actually decided, okay, that was really helpful for me this morning. I want to do this, and I'm going to put some of those things into action, some of their day, daily Bible reading plan, some of their daily um, encouragements and prayer focus. We just need to start good habits, and then they grow. We know with the bad habits that we only need to just start a bad habit a little way and it can become a really large problem. Is that, does anyone else know what I mean? We just open the door to maybe something that's addictive or whether it's you know, whatever it may be and, and that can end up being a habit. If we can only turn it around and start with something really healthy and start with something holy and allow it to become a good habit then we will make progress. If praying for one minute each day would be an improvement for you, do it. If one press-up a day would be... Oh, sorry, no, I've jumped down. Uh, if um, reading one verse of Scripture a day would be an improvement, then do it. If setting aside an evening a month for quality time with your spouse would be an improvement, do it. If one press-up a day would be an improvement, do it. If one healthier food or drink choice a day would be an improvement, do it. If inviting one person to the Alpha course would be an improvement, do it. We just need to do one thing to start healthy and holy habits. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord and move towards that which has, he has given as the main one thing. That is to love God and to love people. Whatever your one thing is for this year, let it feed into those main purposes. And as the psalmist 
said at the end, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. So as we finish this morning, what one thing are you going to do today to move you closer to your 2023 one thing? That thing which God is calling you to, speaking to you about, asking you to do. What one thing are you going to do today? Lord, would you lead us in this new year? Let us set our priorities straight. Let us set the direction of our hearts as you would want them to be. Let us focus on you and what you would want us to do and who you would want us to be. Enable us to keep you as our main thing in all that we do. We ask this in your name for your glory. Amen.